You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. Welcome to episode 49 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Michaela Hooper. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Tia McNelly. And today is a special day because we have the privilege of sitting down with our sound engineer, Jacob Early. Jacob is an impressive young man. Um, I guess he's not so young anymore, but I've known him since he was 15, so he'll always kind of feel like a little brother to me. But Jacob has been so good to our community, and his family has had such an impact on our community. And so it's really cool to just hear him tell his story in his own words. And this will round out our series of our team. That's right. Throughout this year, we've interviewed the three of us, um, and now you get to hear from our behind-the-scenes man who puts it all together and makes it sound much more beautiful than <laughs> it really sounds when we talk. <laughs> um, and so th- this was my first time really hearing a lot of his story. And I'm just so honored to get to be a part of it now and that he's a part of our journey as well. He was really a godsend. Yeah. So here is our interview with Jacob. Jacob, Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's so awesome to actually get to sit down and talk to our producer. Yeah. Yeah, on the other side of the mic this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little weird sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I know. You comfortable? I am. You feel good? It's like you guys aren't real. Because <laughs> you just hear us from the other room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we oh are. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, Jacob, you are, you do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of talents. You've got lots of gifts. Roland, and so how do you balance everything? Yeah. It's a little tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a producer. I'm a worship leader. I'm a songwriter. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And so um, the production stuff takes up most of my time. Mm-hmm. And I've really learned over the last two or three years, especially to just kind of recognize what season I'm in. Mm-hmm. And kind of take it from there. Trying to achieve this perfect balance constantly is not really achievable. Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. just kind of recognizing if I'm in a busier season to just know that and kind of set a, you know, a kind of an ending point or a, a general ending point where I'd like to slow down and maybe rest and, mm-hmm. you know, because freelance is kind of like you work really intense for a really long time and then. Maybe you'll take a break. Yeah. But for the past three, four years, it's been like... Yeah, you've been super busy. Very intense and yeah, not a lot of breaks. And when I go take a break, it's hard to relax Yeah, because it's like, go, go, go. And then all of a sudden, I'm yeah not doing anything. My wife doesn't love that, but... <laughs> you Just know. put that out there. <laughs> She's better at vacation than I am. Uh-uh. Yeah. But you have a little bit of Enneagram 3 in you, don't you? Yes. My three is kind of my day-to-day. Yeah. For people who don't know, it's the achiever. So I love getting stuff done, Mm -hmm. but I don't love just getting anything done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of have these dreams or ideas that I want to be working toward. So I don't want to just like get up and do busy work. Right. Probably to a fault. 
Right. But I, I have these things that I really want to achieve. Being able to express myself is probably one of the biggest things mm-hmm. that I want to achieve. Right. Like if I can't express myself, then that's really, I, I'm talking creatively, it's it's really hard for me. Like I need to be right. kind of working toward that and doing work that kind of, even if it's me helping someone else on their record, mm-hmm. you know, expressing myself through someone else's sound or mm-hmm. helping them achieve what they're going after really fulfills me. But it's also spiritual. So in the last mm. couple of years, like I've kind of defined more of my why. And especially with production stuff, I love recording the sound of people's lives. So maybe somebody has a batch of songs that they want to record mm-hmm. and they ask me to help them. And I love coming alongside of their vision mm-hmm. and helping them mm-hmm. take that project as far as it can go and maybe even help push them beyond where they yeah. thought it could go. Yes. And so I don't really have this huge dream to build a studio or to be in the studio business per se, but I really love helping artists and I really love helping with songs. And mm-hmm. it really, for artists and songwriters, it's so personal to write a song and yeah. to record it. And so to be able to come alongside them, it's just really tender and it's really meaningful to them. So yeah. it's precious and I want to come alongside them and help them. Yeah. So that's the kind of vein that I yeah. really love is that kind of intense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be emotional, but a lot of times it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be happy. It doesn't have to be sad. Right. But just helping them in that. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you put out an album recently, right? Yep. I think it was June 2017. So not that recently. But I still it listen feels, to it regularly. It feels so. recent. Mm-hmm. It's They're still fresh to me. Yeah. Um, it's called Honey Baby Keep Going Under. And it's they kind of all started as folk songs, but they're kind of folk pop. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so exciting when your album came out because, you know, I guess, I mean, I know the process is different for everyone, but I think specifically for you, um, your songs do emanate so much emotion and tell your story in a way that's really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think some artists... You know, there's 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 still mystery to your music, though, which I think is amazing. But um, yeah, I think like you really feel your heart mm-hmm. in the story right. as you um, share your songs. Right, so. and I kind of love writing that line because you know I grew mm-hmm. up. My dad was a pastor, and my mom and dad were in ministry all growing up, and grew up listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman and DC Talk and all these. We pretty much only listened to Christian music growing up. Yeah. It wasn't until we moved to North Carolina um, that I kind of even really heard other music. Yeah. I, you know, my music, I still kind of have that pop sensibility. So it's kind of in a format that is expected, mm. but within those bounds. Mm-hmm. There's room for creativity. Yeah. I love music that feels satisfying, but maybe a little unpredictable at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So even lyrically, I kind of have struggled writing a traditional song, mm-hmm. you know, where all the lines flow perfectly together. Yeah. I'm doing a little bit more of that now, just being married and lost my dad in the last couple of years and my nephew passed away. And just have been through a lot. And so my songwriting has changed and I am writing more kind of fluid yeah. lyric 
content. Mm. But in the past, it was I felt kind of disingenuous because not because I hadn't really gone through anything in my life. I think I really hadn't gotten my hours in right. as a songwriter. I mean, sure. I was really good at music, but you know, I feel like now I, I kind of have something to say. Yeah. And so even when I sit down to write, um, it feels it does feel more fluid. Yeah. And it for feels sure. more because I felt authentic back then, but this feels like my truest stuff that I've written. There's something about getting into your 30s, too. I don't know what that is. There's something about like kind of coming into your own Mm -hmm. and being married, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got five kiddos at home. Yep. That's real life right there. Very refining. Yeah, right? How did you meet Amy? We met at church. Very good. Yes. Yeah, my buddy Andy moved to Texas, and he was the worship leader um, at the church I'm at now. And so when he left, he kind of got me the job. I think, you know, he was on the podcast, too. Mm-hmm. Andy Squires. So I took over for him as worship leader. And um, yeah, we started dating in 2013 of March. I remember <sighs> that because we had sort of planted a church. Jacob and I go way back. I met Jacob when he was 15. Um, and I remember you were holding this little tiny baby. And we were like trying to plant a church where your dad was pastoring. Yep. Or like a satellite kind of. And um, you kind of whispered to me, I think I'm going to marry this girl. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> it was kind of a wild scenario. Do you want to kind of tell that story? Yeah. My wife was married before me, and she was married for over 10 years, I think 12 years. Mm-hmm. And her husband got cancer and passed away in December of 2012. And so I had actually started at the church in summer of 2012. So I I knew that they were creative. Her husband's name was Chris Underwood, and he was an amazing painter, and they both painted. And um, they had paintings in our lobby, and I just knew that they were really creative. And my friend Andy, who I referenced earlier, was really good friends with Chris as well. And um, so I knew these were people I needed to get to know. And so a few months after being at the church, they found out his cancer was really aggressive Mm. and we had tried to get together for dinner a few times, but it just didn't work out. And obviously when Chris got really sick, we, you know, they needed space. And, right. Um, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. He ended up passing away in December and she was actually pregnant with their third child and they knew his name would be Benjamin promise. Mm. And so we had been kind of texting and talking at church and kind of going out to lunch and hanging out with friends. And um, she actually called me when her water broke. Really? I didn't know that. It was crazy. Um, So I freaked out because we weren't really dating (laughs) yet. We were just kind of talking, getting to know each other. Um, So, yeah. And it was quick. It was very quick. Like awkwardly quick, probably, even for you guys. It was. Yeah. Yeah, but in that moment, it didn't feel, you know, when you're getting to know someone and maybe falling in love, Mm -hmm. it it feels, it doesn't feel fast. Right. You know, and we felt the Lord all over it. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we had to learn really quickly that, you know, it was going to be really hard on people Mm -hmm. that we were dating. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, that was hard on us because we, it's not that we just expected everybody to be okay, but, you know, when you're falling in love, you don't really want people telling you to not. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it felt like. I know yeah. that feeling. Yeah. My mom wasn't thrilled about our two-month courtship either. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got married really fast. Yeah. Less than six months. And we didn't get married, married really fast. Right. Amy probably would have gotten married sooner. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hold up. I need some time because <laughs> I was still living at home. There was a lot going on. It was a big life change. and But I had so much peace about it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was right. And I knew it would be hard. And I knew it would be... Um, difficult and all that stuff, but I felt peace about it. And so I eventually told Amy that I liked her and I'd like to pursue a relationship with her. And I think that that was kind of around that March, mm-hmm. April time, like yeah. right after her, right after Benjamin Promise was born. Wow. Yeah. And so since then we have had two, after we got married in 2014, so we were engaged a year and we got married on Benjamin's Benjamin's birthday, mm-hmm. March 1st. And so we kind of prophetically just kind of saw that as um, like our promise. Yeah. You know, Benjamin promises birthday. Yeah. Um, so just kind of holding on to the Lord and trusting in Him mm-hmm. and um, just following that peace. Yeah. And knowing that it was going to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because Amy's, Amy was still grieving. Mm-hmm. Chris, she still grieves Chris today. We grieve sure. Chris together. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, after we got married, had a couple more kids mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. kind of helped fuse the families. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A little bit. And, the, and I say families, but really they're my kids now. You adopted them, right? I haven't adopted them legally, but in my heart, they yeah. call me dad. They called me dad before we were married. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if they were older, yeah, it maybe would be different, and that would be fine, right? Um, but we did feel like maybe we just wanted to give them a little space, even with the name stuff, just to yeah. They've kind of taken the name on mm-hmm. last name early, yeah. But that's been totally them. We haven't love that. Just wanted we've wanted them to, you know, maybe get a little bit older mm-hmm. before they decided, yeah, what they wanted to do. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah, it's been insane. Yeah, and so then you mentioned that. Um, that you've experienced some loss. You lost your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about kind of that experience and how that was for your family? Yeah. So my mom and dad were both in ministry forever, and we moved here to start a church. And I led worship at the church for a really long time. I ended up leaving um, the church in I think 2010 or so, and left and went to another church. My dad ended up leaving the church he was at eventually. Um, And they kind of started to go through a rough patch in their marriage. And that was really hard. So basically, when I got married, um, me, we had a, we had an okay relationship. But me and my dad, you know, it would kind of be accepted and normal for him to do the wedding. Yeah. But he didn't end up doing our wedding Mm. because I just, I didn't feel a ton of peace about it. And we wanted our pastor to do it um, for not just because, you know, my dad was in a rough spot, but 
our pastor knew Chris mm-hmm. and knew Amy, obviously, and we just felt like that would be a good mm-hmm. fusion yeah, to kind of like set us into yeah. the future sure. with a kind of the backstory of her life and us coming together. Yeah. So that was really hard getting married and not having a great relationship with my dad. Yeah. Um, and it's not like it was terrible, you know, like he was loving and he was, but just something just wasn't right. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe feelings of feeling alone. Like Mm -hmm. when, when you get married, you kind of want your dad to speak into your relationship. And I think it was hard for my whole family when we got together. I mean, it's what no one expected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not what I expected, Mm -hmm. but I kind of had this thing. I kind of had this unseen thing in me that I knew this peace thing. Mm -hmm. So we got married um, and it was hard not having my dad do the wedding. Mm -hmm. I was sad about it, but I knew it was right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And him and my mom were kind of going through a rough patch and he, I think ended up leaving the other church he was at and him and my mom got separated for a while. They weren't living together. And they really struggled for a couple of years. It, maybe it was two years. I don't remember. I think maybe it was like a year to two years they weren't living together. And they went to counseling and they both got out of debt. They were in a ton of debt and they had maybe over $100,000 in debt. And they moved back in together. And I think they moved back in together in the spring. They found a little house and started renting it. And then in November of 2017, um, so this would have been the fall after my album released, mm-hmm. he had a heart attack in his sleep and passed away. So um, really intense. My brother-in-law, none of us had our phones on. So, well, they were on, but they were just on silent. So no, my mom was basically alone at the hospital like trying to get a hold of people and nobody was coming. Mm. So just the whole ordeal was really intense and really emotional and really terrible and sad. My brother-in-law ends up coming over to my house at 3 a.m. and pounding on my door, which was very hard to have someone open your door and say, I'm so sorry your dad died tonight and he had a heart attack and didn't make it. Yeah, Like just totally devastating. He was in his 50s and... Um, so, you know, that was, that was really hard. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, it definitely changed me, you know, just as a person. And I kind of, I think I think I knew what grief was, um, just from like helping Amy grieve and us grieving him together with the kids and, um, but after losing my dad, I really had to navigate what what it means to kind of be in love with God and have a family and have a normal job. What kind of normal job? And, you know, allow God to use this grief somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew that I would have to, I had a choice. I could grieve down the path of sadness and depression and um, 
you know, that kind of dark yeah. thing, which I totally think it's okay to be sad and to grieve and it's really important. But I think you can kind of set up camp there. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn not to go down that path and to go down the path of there's more mm-hmm. for my life and there's more for my kids' lives and there's more for my family's life. And right. um, we can kind of stay in that place of a heart that's full of resentment toward God for allowing this terrible thing to happen. But I've never really been that way. I've always been like, no, this is, this is going to make me stronger. I'm rising up. Mm -hmm. I'm, this is going to make me come alive. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to let this be for nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned and had to grow in since that. How, have you continued to cultivate that? Because sometimes I think with grief, people put a timeline on it and they're like, well, you've grieved this and now it's time to move on. But I I personally don't believe there is a timeline to grief. Like mm-hmm. you're saying you set up camp in that space of there is something more God will redeem. He has redeemed this. Like right. something will come from this and I will rise up out of this. But how do you continue to cultivate that perspective? Like what are some things that you have found personally? I know I have to do this mm-hmm. to keep myself present and like camping out in that space. Well, a big part of that has been music. Mm-hmm. And so I just have this really tender thing with God that is, it's like a, it's, I call it like a worship gear with God. Like a lot of different people have these different things about how they kind of connect with God or relate to God. Well, I have music and it's not really words. It's not about words. It's more about, it's just this thing that I have with music with God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's why I'm really good at what I do Mm -hmm. because I'm always looking for that thing in music that feels um, special and feels like it has the Holy Spirit on it and feels um, n- not normal, maybe, and maybe like it breaks out of kind of the mold. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'll be sitting at work and I'll, I'll sometimes I'll just have this sadness wash over me. It's typically while I'm by myself and it's really hard. It's typically if I'm working on something I really love because I feel this connection with God mm-hmm. sitting there kind of... Um, not that like doing work is um, fulfilling my destiny, but I do feel a lot of goodness in what I do. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel a lot of me fulfilling the destiny that God has for my life in music. And so sometimes when I sit there and I'm sad, I just um, will remind myself of why I do what I do. Yeah. You know, and it really, it is, Mm -hmm. and it really helps me kind of stay grounded. And that's just one way, you know, I, I have moments that I kind of get taken under and I'm discouraged and I'm hard on myself, but I don't, I don't stay there. It's good. You know, I don't allow myself and maybe to a fault kind of don't want people around me to either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know what you mean there. Yeah. Yeah, Don't wallow. Yeah. yeah, And I kind of, one of my 
big giftings is encouragement. Yeah, for sure. And even if people don't really know I'm encouraging them, I love to encourage people. Yeah, for sure. You're great about that with us just as a team. Yeah. We really appreciate that. Yeah, totally. That you're honest when you need to be about things that can improve, but then like in moments when maybe we would overlook things going well, you speak into things that maybe we didn't recognize on our own. It really is a gift of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. And I think I've had to learn that the honesty thing to attach to that mm-hmm. um, because I can encourage, mm-hmm. but, you know, sometimes people just need some practical tips or, yeah. you know, they, it's, there's a time to be honest and real and. Right. You know, and it's not necessarily discouraging. Right. No, but it can be. To be help, yeah, it can be for some. Yeah, it could be taken as discouraging. Yeah. Right. But I always try to, you know. Yeah. Put it in an encouragement Be sweet sandwich. About it. <laughs> yeah, you're sweet, Jacob. <laughs> Diplomatic. <laughs> I love it. I want to be honest, but I don't want to steamroll people. Yeah, that is exactly what you're good at, for sure. But I can if I need to. <laughs> but oh, I will. But that's like with production stuff, I definitely... Yeah. I definitely can be really honest, but I typically try to ask people, yeah. hey, do you want... Do you want my opinion? Because that you know, people—that's what they pay me for. They pay me for my taste, right? You know, yeah. And so, what do you like? What kinds of things are you working on right now that are kind of outside the realm of what's required of you? Um. Well, I am working on some new music. Can't wait to hear it. Love of it. my own. It's kind of about the story of. Um. It wouldn't blatantly be about getting married and having kids and being an instant dad, but it it's from that place and also about my family and my dad passing away and just that hard that night that that happened. And then my nephew also passing away um, last year. And so I have a song about him. Um, it's It sounds really sad and mm-hmm. I think it, it is. Yeah. But I think I need it to write it. Yeah. And I think it's some of my best stuff. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to hear it. I need a pop tune to kind of like balance it out. Yeah. And I think that there'll be a worship tune on there too. Awesome. So, so good. Well, if you feel like it, since you have total control over what actually gets put into our episodes, <laughs> we would love for you to yeah. share some of that with our audience if you feel like it. I'll try to find one that's like a good, Okay. you know, won't. It'll maybe like fit the demographic of your okay. listeners. Love that. Maybe. That's awesome. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'll let you guys no, preview it first before okay. I just, you know, take the sad yeah. acts to everyone. I mean, like you said, I don't know if it always reads sad. If you don't have the full backstory, you know. But I kind of want people to have it. <laughs> you want them to feel that with you. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm kind of all or nothing. Yeah. So I think... I think there's something really powerful though, like we were talking about earlier, the story, you know, like knowing, knowing the story um, and being able to feel the, like the sad parts, being able to feel like the joy um, in the story uh, is so important because I think that's where we connect. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that you have taken that, that risk even in yourself to be vulnerable in that way and, and commit to like putting, putting it into song, Mm -hmm. taking the story and putting it into song so that somebody will hear that and feel connection with it. Who does not, 
they have no idea of your story, but there's something in that in, in the spiritual that I think is so powerful. Right. And I think that that's one of our biggest, um, I wanted to say tool, but I think, you know what I mean? Like a, one yeah. of our biggest kind of assets mm-hmm. um, is, you know, what happens to us. Mm-hmm. And, story, yeah. yeah. And so I just think it can be good. It doesn't have to be just sad. In my case, in the last couple of years, it's been really sad. Yep. I'm not sad right now. I have, I'm sad about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not, you know. Existing in sadness. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've just made, I knew, I know that making those choices will set the trajectory of even my career. Totally. Yeah. But I think um, it's way more powerful to be honest mm-hmm. than to be accepted. Hang on, say that again. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> It's way more powerful to be honest than to be accepted. That's good. It's very true. And I think one thing that, you know, in the art world, you can be really honest, but if you don't have the skill set or the experience to back it up, it can fall flat. Yeah. So I think in any in any business, any sector. For right. sure. And I that's why I felt like on my first record I there were things I wanted to be more honest about but I didn't have the experience. And I don't I love my record. I listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think with this stuff I'm writing, it definitely kind of lines up with where I am spiritually. Yeah. More even though I'm not singing blatantly like if you listen to my music, you wouldn't necessarily know that I am a Christian. Yeah. Um but I think it's powerful that I am myself mm-hmm. and I have that that thing yep. about me. Yeah. And I I don't care. Right. You know, and I have I have the skills and the uh experience to back that up. Yeah. Right. And so I think matching those two things is um you know because if you just have one, mm-hmm. like you listen to that music that maybe feels like too honest and you feel like you're reading someone's journal. Right. It just feels kind of forced. Right. And like too honest where you would rather just hear them right. sing a pop tune. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I um, think that marriage is like really it's living from your true self. Right. And creating from your true self. Exactly. And I think our true selves are morphing. And I think, you know... I want to morph with God. Mm-hmm. And what I believe about God now is not what I believe about God or myself 10 years ago. No. Yeah. And I, I think we should always be growing. Yeah, mm-hmm. for know? sure. Yeah. So, well, and our, like you were saying about our story, our story changes us. Our story, it doesn't ever change our core identity. Right. That's static, but it does very much shape us into who we are. Right. Um, so I wonder this, have like throughout your story and your journey, there's, I mean, there's just been a lot of weird turn, twists and turns yeah, and choices you've made, but you've been on this pretty direct path mm-hmm. with your music and producing. And I just didn't know if, if there was ever a time when you kind of questioned the direction mm-hmm. you were headed. I've never really questioned that, mm-hmm. but I have maybe at times questioned 
how I'm supposed to do it. And I definitely get discouraged, Mm -hmm. but I've never kind of veered from the, from that. Like I know I was supposed to do music. I know that people are supposed to hear me lead worship and to hear my songs and for me to help them. Yeah. Um, But maybe short term, maybe I've kind of questioned the path. Yeah. I'm kind of loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. So I stay places a long time. Yeah. You I can know. see where that could kind of mm-hmm. make you question at times. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, it's like maybe being at Snowed In for three days, <laughs> watching too much Netflix. <laughs> but you're probably hilarious. good with that. I'm very okay with that. Yes. <laughs> if I'm if I'm not achieving something, then I'm like needing. Really not achieving anything. But if I'm not doing that, I want to be staining the deck. I want to be like fixing the water leak. I want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. How does how does it actually work? Come to think of it, around your house with, with your wife, Amy, as an artist. And both of you are basically entrepreneurs and freelancers. Mm-hmm. Like how, how does that work for you? Kind of as we wrap up, like mm-hmm. a picture of the logistic side of you guys keeping the peace and staying grounded and rooted in who you are. And yeah, my wife is amazing. Yeah. She, I second that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thirds. She makes the world <laughs> go round and I don't say that lightly. You know, she's at home with the kids a lot and, um, but also a painter and she has a wellness business. And so she has a lot of irons in the fire herself. And so we've had to kind of figure out how to navigate that. I mean, it has been, it has put a strain on our marriage. So we've had to learn how to connect and how to have all these businesses and be newlyweds and have five kids. Right. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I think even people forget how fast it's been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We give ourselves a lot of grace. Good. um, But we do need help. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. Are you guys good at asking for help? We are good. Good. Yeah, we don't. We totally expect that people are healthy and can say no. Mm -hmm. Because we will ask you to help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And people tell us no. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. That's healthy. Can you watch our kids tomorrow? Yeah, sure. I love your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, Jacob, it has been so awesome having some time to just sit and chat with you and have you in the room with us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's been good. Thanks for having me. Yep, we're proud of you. Thank you. For what that's worth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I receive it. Awesome. So one thing I loved about this interview with Jacob is that um, you can tell his heart is to be honest and to be just to be very transparent mm-hmm. um, in his story and in his writing. And so I just, I know that that was an encouragement for somebody who is listening um, today, that the the level of honesty that was shared, um, I just know was for someone mm-hmm. and will really like, will bless you and encourage you in your process and in your story. So... And especially what he was saying about his process through suffering and suffering well and not like avoiding it, but also coming to a point where you can recognize God's goodness through situations. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think not many people come like have that healthy perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really inspired me. Yeah. 
It was a really, really powerful episode, and I'm so grateful that um, that Jacob decided to come and sit and chat with us. Um, you guys definitely have to check out his music, by the way. And we'll have links for that in the show notes. And uh, be on the lookout for his next album. Sounds yeah. like it's in the works. Mm-hmm. And here is a song from Jacob Early. The bridge was closed. It was shut down. That's how my daddy died in the middle of the night. I didn't get to hug him by the sound of pounding. 46 missed calls in the middle of the night. Daddy was a minister, but he didn't marry me. He lost the light of day somewhere along the way. It was your bad heart that made us bury you. But it was your good heart that makes me shiver out the dark. much for listening this week. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hello at collectedworkshops.com. We would love to pray for you. We would love to hear if this stuff is impacting you at all, Um, or if you have any recommendations for future guests. Some of our most recent guests have been listener recommendations, Mm -hmm. which we are always so excited about. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for the Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.